Jurassic Park for a minute, where we'll be discussing the second Jurassic Park sequel one minute at a time. I'm Brad. I'm Dave. And this week we are starting off the adventure with minute one of Jurassic Park 3. <laughs> we said the Lost World. <laughs> David, it's been a couple of weeks. What's been happening in your area of the woods? Not much really. I mean, I just transitioned to a new job, so I've been learning how to do that a lot. Mm-hmm. But other than that, actually, I did connect my my TV to my computer for the HDMI capability. So that's exciting and new. Nice. I've been wanting to do that for a few years now, actually. Yep. So now I can view all my Blu-rays. I can, unfortunately, can't take screen caps. I didn't know that um, <laughs> the Blu-ray makers block that on the when they manufacture the discs. Oh, no. But I know. <laughs> but other than that, I am excited. I get to uh, view my, my favorite movies in stunning HD. I suppose that brings us on to one new thing I picked up this week. Um, mm-hmm. Fallen Kingdoms, have you picked it up on DVD yet? Or, or Blu-ray? I did, yes. Yep. Yeah, there was actually what how I found out that I couldn't screen cap. So <laughs> what I'm doing actually for that is I'm using my Amazon account to get, to view the movie because I have the digital download code. Yep. And so I view the movie through my Amazon account and I can screen cap if I'm on desktop. Oh, okay. They haven't taken that away yet. I know Apple on the, the iTunes have taken away the ability to screen cap movies, yeah. which is a shame. So it's, I assume it's a glitch they don't know about yet, <laughs> and I'm going to abuse it for as long as I can. <laughs> oh, very well. I um, I was yeah, I yesterday of the young fella at shopping and um, sand as well, and seen that it had the same special features on it as the regular Blu-ray. So I end up just getting the standard DVD. Um, uh, I got the um, I got the Target exclusive, which has the art book. Mm-hmm. And I love the art book. I wish they'd make one ten times bigger. As in more content or size. Uh, more content, larger images. Mm. You know, I mean, I want a full coffee table art book. You know. Yeah, it's a shame, and there's been a fair bit of discussion on um, fan sites and social media about that the last couple of weeks. So I've I just found here in my closet I've got the the art book and concept art for Tron Legacy and that was just one movie that came out in 2010 that had a lot of um, conceptual stuff with it but wasn't a big franchise film where here we are again fifth Jurassic Park or Jurassic series and uh, no art books yeah it's a shame but uh, one thing I I have done one bit of a backflip um this week, too, local Target had Lego, the Jurassic World Fallen Kingdom Lego sets on um, 25% off, so I finally bit the board and got the uh, the mansion set on the reduced price, so it's on the um, layaway for Christmas. <laughs> Won't tell the young fellow about that, but picked up a second uh, Carnotaurus and Gyrosphere Station and the Stiggy Moloch breakout as well. And I got a couple more That's of the... the yeah, and I got a, got a couple more of the um, Dimorphodon Jeeps as well. Just because mm-hmm. they're, they're good, cheap versions of the Jeep to get. So, But apart from that, I think we can get straight into the first minute of Jurassic Park 3. Mm-hmm. All right. As we open on the first minute of Jurassic Park 3, ominous music begins to play on a black screen. At the two-second mark, the Universal logo reveals itself. At the 16-second mark, 
A footstep booms down, shaking the screen, sending ripples across the logo. At the 21 second mark, we dissolve from the Universal logo into the Amblin logo. And once again, a heavy footfall ripples across the screen. This time, the animal is much closer. At the 34 second mark, the Amblin logo disappears in another footstep and water rippling on screen to reveal Jurassic Park in a more classic white font with red interior. At the 40 second mark, as the music reaches a high pitch, three vertical claw marks slash through the Jurassic Park font, revealing Isla in the background. The camera then flies through the three slashes, and we can see the island in the ocean. At the 45 second mark, we get text on the screen, Isla Sorna, 207 miles west of Costa Rica. At the 49 second mark, the text disappears and the large block red letters restricted come on screen. At the 52 second mark, as the restricted disappears off screen, the camera begins to pan up to the skies above Isla Sorna, where we can hear an aeroplane flying overhead. And as the minute ends, we can see a Coast Guard Hercules flying over the island, high above the clouds. And this ends the first minute of Jurassic Park 3. Here we are, Jurassic Park 3. And it gets into it pretty quick. Here we open with the straight away the Universal logo. And the film's not really dawdling here, unlike The Lost World, where we had almost half a minute of just blackness with that I was the Island prologue playing or starting. I will say, I remember the... Um, I, I, I viewed Jurassic Park 3 mostly on VHS. Mm-hmm. I saw, it was the first Jurassic Park movie I saw in theaters. But... I only saw it a couple times. Oh, like, no, I didn't see it a couple times. I only saw it like once. I was actually, I was one of those fans who was pissed at Spinosaurus for killing the T Rex <laughs> <laughs> when I was a kid, and I was in Kmart, and that tells you how old the story is. <laughs> Kmart was still around mm. in my neck of the woods. Um, I I was in Kmart and I wanted to get either the Posable Raptor or the Spinosaurus and I passed on the Spinosaurus and got the Posable Raptor because I was so pissed that T-Rex killed my or that Spinosaurus killed my favorite dinosaur. Yeah, I think at the time you you were part of the my, the majority there. <laughs> um, yeah. And that's just something a lot of fans haven't been able to let go of since but um but no, it's great here too like we get the um like the footsteps and just the ripples going through as we get the Amblin logo come up as well. And it just sort of sets sets the start of the film with this eerie score that's starting to play. Um, we can get into Don Davis's score later on with uh, some of its highs and lows. Um, but it sort of, it sort of um, mirrors the start to Jurassic Park slightly with just that single tone playing. Um, and and then we get straight up the font Jurassic Park again. Third film in, no logo, just the uh, the word Jurassic Park. Back on the black screen too, unlike the Lost World where we had it playing over the uh, the um, approach to the island. Mm. It is true. Yep, and um, slightly different font as well that we've, we're used to seeing, um, or colours as well. They've sort of changed it a little bit here, but. Um, but then at the uh, 39 second mark, we get those three claw marks slash across the title. Um, what, do you, what, what do you think about the, the three claw marks? Uh, I mean, it's kind of campy. But for the same at the same time, I do kind of like it because it's kind of campy. Well, it, it really sets up what the film's going to be. It's, it's going to be sort of yes. all that B-movie. I mean, you, watch, 
you watch this and you know, okay, we're not for a techno thriller here, right? We're just going for a good old monster mash. Yeah, get your hand back in that popcorn. (laughs) Take a big mouthful. (laughs) But it's sort of interesting too, we get sort of a bit of a... Um, an animal snarl roar like we've had the footsteps in the background with the water rippling and now it's sort of implying that it's actually a spinosaur though you can't see it yet that's um slash the logo or slash jurassic park yeah i, I mean i always imagined it was either the spinosaurus or the velociraptors which were the two most prominent dinosaurs in the movie hmm yep as those tears appear we can see the uh green coast the visceral sauna in the background, the camera starts to fly through the logo and through the tears to reveal the island itself. And um, I've got to retract a previous statement that I had on the last minute or the last episode where we went through the trailer and that I was under the impression this was the same section of coast that uh, we see in Jurassic Park with the approach to Isla Nublar, but it's not. It's a completely different island. But mm-hmm. it, just, um, it just goes to show <laughs> the similarities are there and that's how I got confused by it. Yeah, because this is um, on the Molokai North Shore where uh, they filmed aerial shots for three days, which we get a lot of the background shots here coming up for the parasailing uh, sequence as well. But um, bottom of the screen, we get the font come up, Missile Sauna, and now it's uh, being located. We get it, we get its location to Costa Rica where before it was um, like 80 miles west of Isla Nublar. So... We've sort of got a second um, distance thing here that sort of tells us where it is. In the well, and it, it essentially triangulates where the uh, island is and allows fans to place it on a map, you know? Mm. Yep. Which, I suppose, have you, um, in your, doing your research with Pedia and that, have you put that theory up against, the um, say, the, the map in the trailer and that to see if that's accurate? Um, I actually haven't. I know for I know for a fact that the coordinates that Nick recites in um, the Lost World on the radio are they they land in like the middle of off of Ecuador in the middle of the in the middle of the ocean. There's that nothing's there. Mm. If they're not actually real coordinates to the that line up to the movie. Okay. Well, that'd be the same the same as those coordinates on the Lost Dash World site that I could post in the group about a few f- few weeks ago, where uh, on the old site you had the, the novel version of the map with um, some of the film locations that had coordinates with them as well, and they all sort of um, point to a spot out in the middle of the ocean, off the uh, the the coast there. So, but yeah, we keep on getting the slow build of that score. Yeah, as the, sort of uh, the font disappears. And then uh, restricted title comes up, which I think matches the uh, the slashes in the screen. Just sort of adds to that corn corn factor a little bit. Yeah, definitely. I mean, there's probably one of the cornier parts of the movie is the. I mean, there's. I mean, there's several, and I'm going to point them all out during this <laughs> podcast here. Oh, but yeah. this, but the big red restricted sign. I mean, that's just wow. Mm. <laughs> I mean, like. Okay, we're going there. Yeah. So, like you said, stick that hand deep in that popcorn. We're going in that. We're going there. Yep. It's uh, it's sort of it contradicts the score here a lot of, as well. Like we're getting this ominous um, beat of the score kicking in as we're getting the reveal of Sauna again. Yet then we get those slashes across the title and we get the restricted come up here. It um, 
it just it just goes to show you straight away there's some problems here both behind <laughs> and on screen but also too like it's the last time we had mentioned a sauna and that was the speech by Hammond saying that the island need to be preserved and here instead of having Isla sauna um, and then below it the first dinosaur preserve or something identifying as being preserved it's just not restricted <laughs> so and that, that sort of goes to uh, some of the ideas they had leading into the film one of which was uh, Grant living wild on the island like Robin Crusoe being able to study the animals, which I think we're definitely glad they didn't go that direction. But um, but we'll, we'll dig into more of that stuff as we get going with the film as well, and some scenes pop up that may have uh, been in some of those original scripts. But mm-hmm. um, on the screen, as the uh, restricted text disappears, you can hear an airplane in the background, and the camera slowly pans up to reveal the Coast Guard Hercules flying above the island amongst the clouds, uh, in not the best CG we're going to see in the film. It's rather cartoonish. And so that's that's where the minute ends as we zoom out to this plane. But one question I did have is, how often is this plane doing surveillance or flyovers of the island? And if there's any uh, eager dinosaur, eagle-eye fans on board that sort of are out the window with their binoculars looking, or if it's just um, just a Navy or just a Coast Guard, no, it's another job. We can't see nothing through the clouds anyway. Obviously, they don't uh, look look around often enough because in this movie two unauthorized planes are able to enter the the air I mean two unauthorized vehicles are able to enter the island and both get stranded well not only do they enter and we'll get to this when we get there but they enter and nothing's really done to stop them apart from on the radio hey you're not supposed to be there turn around yeah hey you go you're not supposed to be on this island go back yeah. Nah. And again, yeah. Click. Yeah. And even like this Hercules, um, if it's just a regular Coast Guard Hercules, probably isn't armed anyway, but um, at least having the presence there so people know that the island's being observed and um, the quarantine's in place and the restrictions in place. But but then even when we get to the next minute, we get to see the uh, the local operator and his boat. He's not really doing a lot to hide either. <laughs> but we'll get into that next minute. But yeah, so it makes you wonder what's uh, what's in place here to uh, to stop people when it obviously isn't working. And, obviously. <laughs> yeah. And it's not. I don't think it's specifically mentioned in the film, but it's the UN that's in control here, and not the US government as well. That's sort of doing this surveillance. Mm. Also, too, we're going to um, be following along with the shooting script a little bit too, just to see where some. Uh, some comparisons and some changes might happen along the way, just just to save us having to go back and revisit it all when we get to the end of the film, like we did with the Lost World Minute. But um, there's not really much here for this minute anyway. The script opens with the speeding boat getting ready to uh, send the parasail up in front of the island, so we can discuss more about that next minute. Um, David, before we get out of here today, we're... Uh, well, there's another episode going up shortly in the Patreon feed for uh, Jurassic Mysteries, so if you haven't... Well, no one has. <laughs> if you uh, would like to support the support the uh, podcast and head over to Patreon, uh, you can find us there at Jurassic Minutes, and um, for just a buck you can listen to some of the uh, bonus discussions we have there, which I feel are really good discussions, digging a bit deeper into some of the issues, misconceptions, and mysteries of the uh, Jurassic franchise. But Dave, that's all for us today. 
ready to get mm-hmm. in? Uh, sure. If you want to get a hold of us, you can email us at lostworldminute.com. The main website is jurassicminutes.wordpress.com, and you can find the Lost World Minutes and Jurassic Minutes over on Facebook with the uh, pages there. David, where are you on Twitter and Instagram? Uh, Twitter, we are at Jurassic Minute. Uh, Instagram is the Jurassic Minutes Podcast. Some of the worst things imaginable have been done with the best intentions. This is how you make dinosaurs? This is how you play God. If we split up, I'm going with you guys. Dinosaurs lived 65 million years ago. What is left of them is fossilized in the rocks. And it is in the rock that real scientists make real discoveries. Now what John Hammond and InGen did at Jurassic Park is create genetically engineered theme park monsters. Nothing more and nothing less. Uh, Are you saying that you wouldn't want to get onto Isla Sorna and study them if you had the chance? No force on Earth or Heaven could get me on that island. You're desky. Hello? Charlie! Charlie! Charlie, take the phone to mommy now. It's the, it's the dinosaur there. Okay.